morning, good afternoon, or good evening. And how are you today? Welcome to the latest installment of the Man Cave Huddle. If you don't know by now, I am your host, Greg. This episode is going to be dedicated to college football must-watch games of the weekend. There's not that much going on this weekend in terms of games that you must watch. You know, there's all these thousands of channels that you have on cable. You don't know which games to watch. Sit down, sit back, turn up the volume, and let me tell you what games there are. There's only two games, really, that you want to watch. I was debating on Ohio State at Nebraska, but that's one of those games at halftime, it'll be like 10-3, and then halfway through the third quarter, it'll be like 38-3. So that's, that, that's not a game where I feel like it's a must-watch. For me, these are my two games. First up, it's, it's going to happen on Saturday at 3.30, Fox, at Husky Stadium in Seattle, Washington, where the number one, number one, number 21, <laughs> 21 USC Trojans, who are ranked 3-1, and one, will take on the 17th-ranked Washington Huskies, who are also 3-1. and one. Vegas has the Huskies as a 10-point favorite to win this game. Now, in this series... USC leads all-time 51 wins, 29 losses, and four ties. And games in Seattle, meaning that when they're on the road in Seattle playing Washington, they are 20 wins, 17 losses, and four ties. So home and on the road, USC tends to win when they play Washington. Now, last week, quarterback Matt Fink, who was the number three quarterback on the depth chart, came in due to the number two quarterback who was forced into starting because the USC starting quarterback injured his knee the first game of the season and was done for the year. That guy, Kadon Slovis, got knocked out of the game. And what did Mac Fink do? He only came into the game, threw for 351 yards, three touchdowns, led USC to victory. I mean, these guys have a ton of quarterbacks on this team, right? And... They received a top uh, five quarterback that committed to play at USC next year. I mean, the future's looking pretty bright at that quarterback position for USC. Now, USC, they are – I only – stick with me because I only put this out there for a specific reason. USC, they're 23 wins, 23 losses, and two ties in games – which it's rained during a major portion of the game. So they're a 500 team when it rains. Why do I say this? In Seattle, Washington, on Saturday morning, you should you can have some a.m. showers. But what if those a.m. showers kind of bleed into the afternoon and it's raining throughout this match? That's something to watch for because apparently, historically, USC, they don't play well in rain. And for a team that has a young quarterback, really don't have a a run game. You really don't want to have the elements being against you in this game also. Now, on the flip side, when you look at the Washington Huskies, since 2016, the Huskies are 19-3 and when having a 100-yard rusher. So pretty much that's the game plan for the Huskies. Get a guy that could crack 100 yards and more than than not, we're going to win this game. But... It's going to come down to defense with the Washington Huskies. 
And the fact that USC is pretty one-dimensional and that they don't have a serious rush game, it's going to be that much easier for Washington. Their defense has only allowed three passing touchdowns in their four games this year. Three. Okay? Now, defensively, they're allowing 213 pass yards a game and only 18.2 points per game. So what that tells me is, is that these guys don't let up a lot of points. And if you have USC that's unable to run and you have Washington not allowing a lot of pass yards, I agree with Vegas. I think that the Washington Huskies defensively are going to be able to not allow USC to conduct their air raid offense. And I think the Huskies are going to be able to run, establish it, control the clock. I got the Huskies winning this game. Now, another game, ironically, that is at the same time. This is also going to occur Saturday at 3.30 on NBC at Notre Dame Stadium in Notre Dame, Indiana. 18th-ranked Virginia Cavaliers, who are undefeated, coming in at 4-0, will play the 10th-ranked Notre Dame Irish, who are 2-1, and Vegas has the Irish winning this game by 12.5 points. Now, a couple nuggets on this matchup. This is the Virginia Cavaliers' first ever meeting with Notre Dame at Notre Dame Stadium. They've played Notre Dame in Virginia. They've played at MetLife at Kickoff Classics. This is the first time that they're playing in Notre Dame Stadium. And there's a lot of firsts for this Virginia team because they're 4-0 for the first time since 2004. Now, when you look at the, this Virginia Cavalier team, it's about their defense. Their defense has 20 sacks through the first four games, okay? They're getting five sacks per game, okay? That's serious defense right there. Coupled in with 18 points allowed, 75 rushing yards per game allowed, and 188 passing yards allowed per game. So pretty much when you drop back to pass, you're looking to get rid of it quick because that pass rush is serious. And that defensive line is stout, and they don't allow you to run up points. That's going to be a bit of a challenge for Notre Dame because this defense is for real. Offensively, Virginia, they have a senior quarterback by the name of Bryce Perkins. Extremely dynamically talented. Bryce, last year in 2018, he was one of two players with 2,600-plus passing yards, coupled that with 900-plus rushing yards. Guess who the other player was that he was in the same company with? Uh, former first number one overall pick in the draft, Heisman Trophy winning quarterback out of Oklahoma, Kyler Murray. I'm not saying Bryce Perkins is Kyler Murray, but he's Kyler Murray-esque in that he's very athletic. They run that spread zone read option stuff. Now, this is a game where if Perkins could get going early with that defense, that could pose problems for Notre Dame. Now, Notre Dame coming off a very gut-wrenching, but showed a lot of heart in their performance loss to the Georgia Bulldogs. Notre Dame's coming into this game with a salty taste in their mouth and just wanting to beat somebody down. And this is one of those Sunday, Saturday afternoon games where they're going to come out lathered up, ready to play. 
And I'm sure all those mental mistakes, all those errors, all that everything, all the laughing that everybody's done in front of their faces, Virginia, I think, is going to feel the brunt of that. Because Notre Dame, they've won their last 12 consecutive home games, which is the third longest winning streak for Notre Dame since 1930. 12 consecutive home games they've won. So there's definitely an advantage. There's definitely a comfort level that they feel when they play at home. Now, when the Irish are ranked in the top 25, which they are, they're ranked number 10, they have never been defeated by an ACC team at home. And yes, you guessed it. Virginia plays in the ACC. I'm going to say that again. When the Irish are ranked in the top 25, they have never been defeated by an ACC team. So not only do you have the comfortability of the last 12 games, now couple that in with the fact that they've never lost to an ACC team being ranked in the top 25. Now, a player of note that people should be paying attention to is senior quarterback Ian Book. In this in his uh, last 12 games, Book it with Ian in the fourth quarter leads all FBS quarterbacks with a 194.6 passer rating. Why is that important? Because the FBS average in the fourth quarter is 127.7. So in the fourth quarter, when you need to be playing at your best, Ian Book is leveled up beyond that. I like that. That means as the game goes on, he's figuring it out, and he's playing at a high level by the fourth quarter, sealing the victory. Now, when you look at this game, you know, Ian Book, he's mobile, and he might need to be very mobile in this game with that pass rush that Virginia has. You're going to need to figure out how to run the ball and spread this team out so you can find some creases and figure out how to get past this defensive front seven that Virginia's bringing in. Now, the return of Cole Clement for Notre Dame was a key attribute to them playing well last week. I thought the play of Chase Claypool was was pivotal. Although Ian Book threw a couple interceptions, he executed late well under pressure. And that offensive line, I mean, there were some plays when they were playing Georgia where they were pushing those guys back. That's going to be where this game is won, in the trenches. That front seven of Virginia and that offensive line of Notre Dame. Whoever has the better game is going to win the game. Now, Notre Dame can be explosive with their offense and their deep downfield threat with receivers. I'm not saying I don't see that with Virginia. I just think that Notre Dame secondary makes it hard for you to pass deep because they have a pass rush also with Julian O'Quara, Dylan Hayes, and them boys. They get busy too. I feel that Virginia is talented offensively, but Notre Dame is a little bit more explosive. And I agree with Vegas. I think that Notre Dame wins double digits in this game. And Notre Dame now, if they do win, they could go on a little run. And if they do, look out. Because Michigan isn't who we thought they were. Stanford isn't who we thought they were. If they could run the table here, it's going to be very, very interesting come the end of the season. Very interesting. 
Now, those are my two picks that I have for your must-watch games of the weekend. Now, I want to end you guys off with a positive note. And the positive note for today is we are what we pretend to be. So we must be careful about what we pretend to be. We are what we pretend to be. So we must be careful about what we pretend to be. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the game. Bye-bye, everybody.